it's interesting how the body will adjust to whatever you give it, whether it's good or bad. And where you have someone that used to crave all these unhealthy foods. I crave carrots. I'm really focused on what I put in my body. I enjoy it. I cook most days and I, I love it. It's just something that I've added to my life and it's it's changed my life and it makes me not want to do this privately. And that's why I want to get it out to other people. And food can be good. Food that's helpful for the body is good too. Yes. I know the, the American standard diet, it just is marketed as you have to have a dairy and sugar and all of that, but it's no, you can eat healthy and still enjoy food. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for admitting that you crave carrots. Because, you know, when I tell people I crave kale in some of our first Saturday classes, I think that's the point that I get hung up on, Jill. They're like, hey, listen, <laughs> now you're going too far. Okay? Exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> Just because someone can live with a disease doesn't mean they should. The overwhelming majority of prescriptions written today are written to treat lifestyle disease. Lifestyle disease is defined as conditions which can be attributed to the way in which a person lives. This includes things like physical activity, drinking, smoking, stress, the quality of our social connections, sleep, purposeful and professional alignment, and of course, our diet. But what if there was an alternative? What if before putting pen to pad, we had a comprehensive solution in lieu of pills and procedures. You are listening to the Plant Protocol Podcast for current and aspiring health professionals who are done with simply managing chronic lifestyle challenges and are interested in taking a whole food plant-based approach to combating them. I'm your host, Lisa A. Smith. It's time to come get this health. Jill, welcome to the Plant Protocol Podcast. Hey, thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having me. This is a privilege. Thank you. Thank you so much for accepting the invitation. I am so excited to speak with you today because I think I made a post several weeks ago, probably several months ago now, kind of with you in mind when you first graduated from the Plant Protocol, talking about how excited I was that plant-based nutrition was becoming a respected treatment modality in the mental health space. Yes, me too. I'm so excited too, because it's needed in this space. It's that missing link. A hundred percent it is. You know, we know the impact of nutrition in general for our health, but for some reason it hasn't quite latched on when it comes from to health from the neck up. And I'm excited to have this conversation with you today to reinforce that, that eating a plant-based diet, taking a plant-based approach to optimal health is not just for our physical health, but especially for our mental health. So thank you for joining me. Yes, thank you for having me. (laughs) So let's get into it, Jill. I want you to introduce yourself to the listeners, tell them kind of what you do and what your specialization is. Okay. So my name is Jill Chastain and I am a licensed professional therapist and been practicing since 2012. And um, I specialize um, in mental health, but also helping individuals overcome their mood disorders or their symptoms of anxiety and depression by coaching them through adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle. Yes, which is a new journey for me, thanks to the plant protocol. And I've been able to add this to my uh, modalities and my treatment plan. Yeah. Yeah, so it's exciting. 
It is super exciting, Jill. So let me just ask you this. How many other colleagues do you have that even prioritizes nutrition, even if it's not plant-based, that prioritizes nutrition with their patients that you know of? I don't know of any currently. I do not. I do not. We'll have conversations and I know some will talk to their clients if they're seeing some signs or whatever. But for the most part, I don't know of any that really focus on the food, like making that a a big part of the, the treatment process. Yeah. So I don't know of any. Wow. So you're really like trailblazing, carving out a lane in your sector with your specialization being mood disorders, your dedicated lane being anxiety and depression, which we know runs rapid in mm-hmm. our society, especially, uh, I don't know if we're technically post-COVID, but especially with COVID, the mm-hmm. amount of mental health situations that have been highlighted. I don't know if they've increased yes. or not, but we have definitely become more aware of them. Would you say? Absolutely. Um, and just the comorbidities. I think that's what caused a lot of the deaths in our society, especially with, with Blacks, with our people, because of the comorbidities, you know, the other health challenges on top of having COVID, which really worsened some of the symptoms for some people. Yeah, I agree. It is very much unfortunate. Um, and let's just talk about some of that today and help some people out today. I, of course, want to talk about your approach in the therapeutic setting, but mm-hmm. also just talk about what we should be aware of and cognizant of with our own mental health as well. So, Jill, how long have you been in this sector? Is your educational background in mental health? Mm-hmm. Was this a new career, transitional career for you or is this it pretty is. much been it? No, it is. My background is in corporate America. I was in corporate America for years. That's my background. I wanted to climb the corporate ladder. And my first degrees, uh, my master's degree was in, you know, educational leadership because I wanted to be in leadership. So I did that. That's most of my life. And then kind of my middle age years, I took a chance and I did a career change and uh, went back to school. I think I was age 43. And I went back to school and uh, got my counseling degree and started this journey. And I was really adamant about wanting to be in this space because I want to help people. And I've always had a kind of a mentoring spirit anyway. And I did uh, mentoring in a previous church that I was a part of. So I had a lot of mentors that I worked with. It wasn't counseling at that time because I didn't have the training to do so. But that's always been in my heart. And just jumping out and taking a chance, getting a degree and working full time, going to school and then doing my internship. And or when I started counseling after I graduated, I was at a practice and I would work after work, weekends, Sundays, whenever to see clients. And then sometimes I'd use vacation time to see clients so that I could build that part of my career. You know, I had to make it happen. And then being able to launch my friend, colleague, prior church member, Dr. Brooks, Dr. Leatrice Brooks, I joined her practice. We're all self-employed, but we're independent contractors at her practice. And she asked me to come on board. She's a psychologist and it's been a wonderful experience. And I like working with a team Mm. of people because we support each other. Because we all realize the importance of mental wellness. Yeah. Wow. So two of my favorite words came up while you were sharing there, Jill, which is radical obedience. 
Mm-hmm. You said, you know, mentoring has always been in my spirit. It's always been in me. I've always done some form of this work, but I didn't decide to make it a career mm-hmm. until my early 40s. And it just sounds like to me that you decided to follow that mm-hmm. calling on mm-hmm. assignment. Yeah, absolutely. And it was scary, but it was like I learned from you in the plant pro- protocol. Our why has to be bigger than our excuse not to do it. And that was my why. I wanted to make a change. I could stay and be miserable. You know, corporate was fine, but I wasn't happy. I wasn't fulfilled. Um, And I wanted to do something that was meaningful and lasting. Wow. So good. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then now you're working in what you feel like you were truly called to do in the space in, in mental health as a therapist. But now you later on decided how many years had it been or has it been? since you started working in the mental health space until you decided to add on nutrition as a component to your practice with your clients? Great question. Actually, I owe that to you, Lisa, because I met you in 2018 at a women's conference in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And when I heard you speak, I'm like, I want that life. I was ready for a change. <laughs> so I had an unhealthy relationship with food. And so it was at that time, 2018 was when it really started to resonate with me and I started following you. And what really was a tipping point, I don't know if I told you this before, but after the conference, there was, we went on that boat ride, the steamboat ride. Remember that? Yeah. And we, and it was me and a group of other people. We had you surrounded, just picking your brain and asking you questions and the way you were just you know, just providing all the knowledge and that changed for me. And then when you came to Kalamazoo and you did that cooking demonstration, and I can tell you right after that conference was over, I went immediately to the grocery store. Wow. And that's when it started. Like right then I started, I went and bought all the stuff and I've been doing it ever since, ever since that time. Wow. Okay. First of all, you're definitely taking it back because I wouldn't touch a cooking demonstration with a 10 foot pole today. He couldn't mm-hmm. pay me to cook in front of people today. Yeah. But I remember because did we make chickpea tuna? You make chickpea tuna. Uh-huh. Yes. Chickpea okay. Tuna. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I remember that. And you insulted my peanut butter because I eat peanut butter and I was, I used to eat Jeff peanut butter before I knew it wasn't the right thing to eat. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yes, that's when it changed for me. I went to the store after that. I went to the whole food store and just loaded up. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do this. Wow. And, I, okay. and I've been doing it ever since. You sure have, Jill. You know, it's so interesting. I remember over the years since I met you at that conference in 2018, seeing your face pop up in different stuff that I was doing, mostly, you know, our online education mm-hmm. classes. Of course, like you said, when I came back up to Kalamazoo to do a class for you all. And I never knew that in the background you were, first of all, you know, going as hard as you were on your own personal lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And I certainly didn't know that you were considering integrating this into your career. So let's start with your personal approach to this lifestyle, because it sounds like your personal adaptation of this lifestyle is what catapulted you into considering, you know, it as part of your career and your practice. So mm-hmm. talk about kind of what your eating habits were like prior to you becoming a plant-based vegan and mm-hmm. what did it do for you adopting this lifestyle? Oh, yes, I had a very unhealthy relationship with food, but I didn't know it. It was the norm and I wasn't obesely overweight. I was, you know, a little obese. The size 12 is the largest I've been, but Lisa, I could put away two Whoppers 
a fry and some onion rings and a milkshake at one what? time. And I was, and I'd be okay. I could eat like that, the portion control. And I had a very unhealthy, I mean, I could eat two foot longs and be okay with that. Ice cream, potato chips. And I would sit, I tell people I've got delivered from Netflix. I don't fool with Netflix and all that uh, Hulu. I don't have time. Cause you know, you eat, you eat more when you're watching television. Yeah. And I would just eat, 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 you know, and um, wasn't fulfilled, but it was trying to get to a, fill a deeper void. Mm. It wasn't just about the food. It was deeper. That was the, the bandaid that I was putting on it. And the way I felt after I ate it, usually after the last bite, and then I felt terrible, mm. you know, and it was the cycle. And then you eat to feel better. And then after you eat it, you don't feel better. It was a cycle. And I started seeing that in, in some of my clients and people around me with health challenges in our community. And it just breaks my heart to where I see yeah. people that have illnesses or health challenges that are preventable with a proper diet. Yeah. Um, so I was living that even though I had the health, but I was, I mean, I was living that. That was wow. my story. So you had this kind of sounds like somewhat of a binge cycle with food mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that was really deep seated in emotions. And you said it was the inner part of you that was really calling out for help. Mm -hmm. Do you mind sharing what that is? Do you know what that void was now in hindsight? It was a void because of past mistakes or past regrets that age and kind of getting started low, getting started at a later age in life, at a later stage in life. Because some people have the cookie cutter, they graduate and they, you know, everything is perfect and that's great. But mine was like that tapestry, you know, I was just all over the place and then I, you know, landed here. So I had a lot of regrets and I had to do some self-forgiveness for some past mistakes that I've had and some past decisions that I made that were not the best. But yeah. it was, those decisions were made because of self-esteem, and lack of self-confidence. Mm -hmm. And sometimes um, when we're in that state, we make undesirable decisions and then have to deal with the consequences. Absolutely. Oh, and Absolutely. I, I think that's what I was trying to mask. Well, I know that's what I was trying to mask. Wow. Thank you so much for being open and honest about that. So I know you said your journey started in 2018 as far as like being exposed to a plant-based lifestyle and willing, really deciding to take it on one and adopt it. And unlike many of our students inside of the plant protocol, you didn't actually go through farm to table first, right? So right. did you adopt this lifestyle completely on your own? Mm-hmm, I did, following you. Wow. Uh -huh. I just followed you and the all of the knowledge that you provided on your first Saturdays. Yeah. And then you had that question to answer. And then when you would give tips or what, I would do it. Wow. I, I just did it because I was at a point where I was ready for something different. You know, it's, there's those times in our life where we're just ready. Yep. I was ready. Yeah. And then so you put fertilizer on what was already there, what I wanted mm. to do, but you helped to ignite that. So. That's beautiful. I never knew. Wait a minute. Oh, you know what, Jill? I, it's coming back to me because I do remember when you applied for the plant protocol, you actually hadn't applied for the plant protocol. You applied for farm to table. And yeah, I, I right. now remember, and during the suitability interview for Firm to Table, after you told me your story and that you were already living it and just how advanced you were, I said, I don't 
think you need farm to table. I think you can get everything you need from the plant protocol, just the extension of the education and nutrition and lifestyle science and everything. And you were like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Esther did. I just remember that. So Jill, what has adopting this lifestyle done for you now? Like, where are you with your own plant-based journey, identifying as a plant-based vegan? Because I know you you talk about sometimes in our private conversations and when you run the plant protocol, just how much you're eating and your relationship with food now is like night and day from where it was before. So what's mm-hmm. that like? It is. It's, it's interesting how the body will adjust to whatever you give it, whether it's good or bad. And where you have someone that used to crave all these unhealthy foods, I crave carrots. My body craves carrots and I'm, I'm really focused on what I put in my body. I shop at the Whole Foods store and just looking at the vegetables and having the, the rainbow in the plate. And I'm able to take pictures of my food now and share it with people because it's so pretty as the rainbow. And it's I enjoy it. I cook most days. I cook and I, I love it. It's just something that I've added to my life and it's it's changed my life and it makes me not want to do this privately. And that's why I want to get it out to other people. And and I'm my sisters are kind of getting on board or somewhat a little bit. And they're making some changes as well. And people that I, my clients that I work with and new clients, I um, focus heavily also on their eating patterns as well. So it's helped me learn how to cook some great recipes and food that's helpful for the body is good too. Yes. You know, I know the American standard diet, it just is marketed as you have to have a, you know, dairy and sugar and all of that, but it's no, you can eat healthy and still enjoy food. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for admitting that you crave carrots. Cause you know, when I tell people I crave kale in some of our first Saturday classes, I think that's the point that I get hung up on Jill. They're like, hey, listen, now, you, now you're going too far. Okay? Exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> But it is hard to believe that you crave what you consume. And -hmm. if you consume healthy things, you will crave them. Like cravings don't have to come from processed, ultra processed food. Cravings can be for fruits and vegetables and whole Mm -hmm. grains, if that's Mm -hmm. what you have trained your palate Mm -hmm. to enjoy. So thank you for joining me in that crusade. Okay, so Jill, let's talk about this mental health then. Why is nutrition so important when it comes to mental health and specifically in your dedicated Mm -hmm. line of mood disorders? Yeah, it's so important, Lisa, because there's a science behind the food that we eat, how it impacts our mood, because, you know, we have the the GI tract, which which is that second brain. And then like those sugary foods, they increase the neural inflammation in the brain, which causes anxiety and depression can cause anxiety and depression and it increases those symptoms. Mm. So that's why it's so important. The foods that we eat, again, it's getting into your your system, your GI tract and, and the brain and the inflammation, the neural inflammation in the brain. And it, it can cause symptoms of anxiety and depression. And that's what I've noticed with some of my clients because one of the things, what I have them do food logs mm-hmm. and food journals and we talk about what they're eating. Because what I found that they're binging or eating unhealthy foods and then they're eating them because they're depressed, right? And then it fulfills that need at the moment. But then again, like it was my cycle. They're going through the same cycle I went through. And then after they eat it, then they're depressed because they ate it. And then 
Some of them are on, uh, they have hypertension, high cholesterol, and then they're frustrated because they have to take all this medication. And then so they're eating to feel better. And then after they eat the unhealthy food, that's exacerbating their health challenges. And it's a cycle. Yeah. It's a cycle. And that's what I noticed with a number of clients. So that's why that's so key. It's it's a holistic approach. It's so key in what we consume. It all goes together. You can't separate it. Yeah. Um, just like stress, you can eat all of the healthy food in the world, but if your cortisol levels are high, it can cancel that out. You know, it's just so important. You know, my favorite thing about your story and your career and your journey is that you changed you first. Because Jill and all the therapists I've ever had, no one's ever asked me about what I'm eating. Now, to their credit, I came in as a plant-based nutrient. Like they knew oh, my okay. profession. Know. Yes, yes. <laughs> so maybe they assumed that I didn't need that part. But in any mental health services or anything that I've ever received, you know, nutrition diet has never been a part of the conversation. And even though, and I will say this before they knew who I was and what I did, even on their, you know, form. So during a consultation, right, Mm -hmm. it was not really discussed or brought up. And so Mm -hmm. you said something a few moments ago that I just want to highlight that I think is so key. Mm -hmm. You said you were able to recognize these patterns in your patients because it was your pattern. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, gosh, Uh that is so Mm -hmm. pivotal because Mm -hmm. how can we be effective coaches, plant-based health professionals? How can we be effective medical and health professionals Mm -hmm. if we're not practicing a healthy lifestyle? Whatever our beliefs are, whether it's plant-based or not, if you're not optimizing your health yourself, there is a part of your clients or your patients' experience Mm -hmm. that you are Mm -hmm. not able to fully help them through mm-hmm. because you are not living optimally. I truly Absolutely. believe that, right? Absolutely. And so, and like, as you know, and even in the plant protocol, we don't let professionals in unless they're plant-based already. Like, yeah. because just from an integrity standpoint, how could we? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I love that you said, I recognize this straight away in my patients because it was me. Mm-hmm. Hey, pardon the interruption, but I'm breaking in again with another update to share. I'm super excited because on June 22nd, 2023, I will be hosting a plant-based business masterclass, 100% virtual online. And it is entitled the two assets every plant-based health coach must have to stand out in a saturated market. If you are a current or aspiring plant-based health coach who really feels like you're having a challenge carving out your own space in the health coaching marketplace, then you need to be in this masterclass on June 22nd at 6.30 p.m. EST. I will be breaking down for you the two assets that every plant-based health coach must have to stand out in a saturated market. The link to register for this complimentary masterclass is in the show notes. Oh, and guess what? Every attendee is actually going to receive a complimentary audit from me. Yes, you will get an audit so that you can audit your current plant-based business. So if you're interested in getting some feedback on what you've already created or what you're planning to create, and if you're interested in learning 
what two major assets you must have to stand out in a saturated market. And these are things that we teach our coaches only inside of the plant protocol. So we've never taught this information publicly. Then you want to get your tail registered for my masterclass on June 22nd. 6.30 p.m. EST. You must be live in attendance to get access to the audit and the recording. The link is in the show notes to register. I'll see you then. Back to the show. So mm-hmm. you'll talk about a little bit about your practice. Like what's the objective? What's your desired outcome for your clients? How long can they expect to be working with you? Like at what point during the relationship do you introduce the conversation about nutrition? Just kind of talk to us about mm-hmm. how things go. Okay. Yeah. I used it early on and I wanted to just to back up for a moment yeah. to say, because I recognize the signs, because I live that we can only help our clients to the level of our own healing. So, you know, I have to make sure that I do my healing as well so that I can help, you know, my clients. Yeah. But with that being said, as far as I introduce it right away. So I have an intake process. Mm -hmm. So, well, first I um, have a consultation when I have a a new client just to see where they are, what they're looking for, to see if it's a good fit. So I do a free consultation. And then if I decide to take them on or they feel like I'm a good fit as well, then we have the intake for that first appointment. That's called the intake. And I go through like four pages of screening questions. And I'm asking about their past, their present, their future. And in within that, there's a section about food and their appetite and their diet. And I spend some time really digging into that. And if I notice, I look for patterns. So as I work with clients and just kind of hearing how they respond to some of the questions that I ask, I'm looking for patterns. Mm-hmm. And then so that kind of helps me to connect the dots. So after the the first session, after the intake, I'll ask them, so what are your hopes? What are you looking for as a result of coming to counseling? And they'll lay out some things that they want to see change as a result of counseling. However, as a therapist, based on their responses to the questions that I've asked, I have some things too that I know that could be helpful for them. So during the second or third session, when they come back, I'll have a treatment plan put together. Based on their responses, and I review that with them, and um, we set goals, and so we work on the treatment goals because most of my clients, it's not just the eating. There's other things that are going on too, so we're working on things simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're working on throughout the session. However, once I realize that they have an unhealthy relationship with food, I have them do a food chart. Mm. Um, I have them do the Lose It app, which you taught us in the plant protocol. So I have them do that app. And um, that's one of the first quite at the beginning of the session. Like, so, you know, tell me what have you been eating? And so we talk about diet, exercise, and um, we we just make that a part of the, the treatment plan. Wow. This is just, I don't know if I'm just, if it's hyperbolic to say this is revolutionary because... <laughs> <laughs> It has been my dream to see nutrition, specifically plant-based nutrition used in other sectors outside of just our physical health, just the things that we know, like weight loss and hypertension and high cholesterol. But for people to really understand, like you say, which is like kind of the name of your your channel on LinkedIn, which is food for a better mood, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And just the importance of understanding that if we're battling mental health challenges, 
what we're eating, like those things that we're feeding our brain mm-hmm. are having a direct impact, not an indirect, it's not a correlation, but it's a direct, direct. impact, mm-hmm. right? Is that Absolutely. right? Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. It, it's definitely a direct impact. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, so Jill, I want to pause here for a minute and I want to talk about your identity as a plant-based health coach because- <laughs> Oh my goodness, <laughs> You're going to go there, huh? Go there, forget it, forget it. Because uh, one of the things that we did have um, great conversations about inside of the plant protocol with you was just kind of like transitioning your practice into a plant-based mental health practice. Now, that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to let you share as much as you want to share. But I want to talk about that for maybe other professionals or people who are listening who do really believe they should be discussing nutrition with their clients, their potential clients, maybe they're thinking about starting a business or whatever that may be. Can you just talk about the personal development that was required and kind of your experience with your own identity when you were doing this? (laughs) Yes, that was challenging at first to, to own it. I had to give myself permission to, even though I I may introduce this treatment goal to someone as far as adopting a whole food plant-based diet, whether they accept it or not, it doesn't change. Like this is a part of me and this is who I am. So just letting them know that. And I was treading a little lightly on that before, but now you said something in one of our training classes, I think I had said, I can't remember exactly what I said, but it was related to me identifying myself as a whole food plant-based therapist. And I was like, well, some of my clients may not want to. And you said, well, why does that change? How does them accepting what you do change who you are, your identity? And I I didn't have an answer for that. (laughs) So that was that, (laughs) that was that, that light bulb that came off for me. Like, yeah, this is who I am. I don't have to shy away from that just because other people don't accept it. Because you know, everyone's not interested in adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle. And that's okay, but it doesn't change the fact that it's important to me and and I am going to highlight nutrition. So I had to own it, but it was, I was treading lightly on that, but giving myself permission, like this is who I am. This is what I believe. And this is my core value is non-negotiable. And I had to get to that point. But it was, it took some time. You had your work cut out. <laughs> you were working with me. That I did. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, Jill, because like, just so you're like a data point inside of the plant protocol. And what I mean by that is, as you know, our student body is made up of, of kind of, if we were to just do kind of a zoom out and break you guys down into two categories. We have individuals who live this lifestyle, never coached before, not coming in with a career that they want to transition to a plant-focused career. But then we have individuals like you who already had an established career, a practice, a business, and they've adopted a plant-based lifestyle personally, and now they want to do it professionally. And you fall into that second category. And there are definitely a different set of challenges for individuals who have not previously, you know, identified as a plant-based health professional. And one of those challenges is certainly the identity work of proclaiming it publicly, creating, you know, qualifiers now for people to work with you, establishing a specialization instead of being a generalist now, 
And so you fell in that category where you had clients already that you had never probably previously talked about nutrition with or very little and certainly not plant-based. And so I remember Mm -hmm. us having those conversations. You're like, where I got all these people who aren't interested, who don't want to do it and kind of just like, how does that work? And so Mm -hmm. I think at the root of a lot of the resistance in the conversations we had were these limiting beliefs about what people will be willing to do or maybe even how you would be perceived identifying, Mm -hmm. especially in a space where nutrition, let alone plant-based nutrition, is not really part of the work you guys do in the mental health space and the therapeutic Mm -hmm. space in the depression and anxiety space. And so you didn't even really have others to look at or model after. Mm -hmm. Is that right? It is true. And I want to give out a shout out to Dr. Leatrice Brooks because she owns the practice and she's been a cheerleader. So she's excited for me that I've adapted this modality. So she was pretty excited. So she's been cheering and my team, they've been cheering me on. They're excited and they were walking with me throughout the training. So I was able to kind of share with them what I was learning. So they're excited too. And for her being like, yes, like she's really, you know, understanding because she knows, you know, holistic. She's a general in her field as well um, as a psychologist and um, just them embracing it. So that was comforting yeah. that I, I have support here at the practice that they're, they were excited for me and cheering me on. So, that's yeah. so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That support is so important. And I know I have, I have people who ask me all the time for a referral for a therapist and you're the first person I recommend. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're welcome because we share the same values. Like mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. the importance of mental health work, of course, but then if I can refer people to someone who I know is integrating nutrition into the treatment plan, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. that's a game yeah. changer. Yeah, but um, being a being a therapist is a, I count it an honor and a privilege um, to be able to help people. So I don't take it lightly when people contact me for help. It's an honor. And I tell people I work for you. So, you know, you let me know what you need. So we work together, we collaborate and we work together. But um this is a passion for me. This isn't work. Mm. So this is a lifestyle. I, I enjoy it. That's and it, with anything, it has its challenges. Yeah. But um, it's such rewarding work. And I, I love what I do. Yeah. Okay. Before we even get into, I want to end talking about kind of your plant protocol experience and, you know, Seth, give some encouragement to people who are thinking about, you know, just introducing nutrition into their work and their profession as well. But before we do that, kind of From a practice standpoint, how can people get in touch with you or if they want to learn more about working with you? Are you licensed to take people, you know, in all 50 states? How does that work? Do you do telehealth and all of that? Okay, yes, I'm licensed in Michigan only and they can get in contact with me. And I do face to face and virtual both. So I do both and they can find me on LinkedIn uh, psychologytoday.com and then also therapyforblackgirls.com beautiful. so they can find me there as well. Beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Jill. So let's wrap up by kind of talking about your experience inside of the plant protocol. You recently, in the last couple of months, you know, completed your certification with us. Yay! 
<laughs> which was super cool. Yeah. Super proud of you. Um, I, I know what I'm most proud about, but I would love to hear what did you enjoy most? What, if anything, surprised you about the experience or about yourself? Okay, so I'll start with what surprised me about myself is able to really, you challenged me, you challenged all of us and you really pushed us outside of our comfort zone which was you kind of pushed me beyond where I wanted. I was, I didn't know I was going to have to go there. And what, what I mean by that is like getting out there and making videos and just really those limiting beliefs mm-hmm. like, well, can I do this? Or, I'm, you know, that imposter syndrome yeah. that I was feeling like I can't do this. You know, I don't know how to share this knowledge with people. So you, you really taught us how to do that. What I love is you taught to the need. So when you saw us, me, struggling in the specific area, limiting beliefs and you know other things, you taught that need. So it wasn't just providing the information, but if you saw us, like I need to teach this out. You know, most of the class is feeling like this, and you taught it out, and that, and you so you taught to the need. So I really appreciate it. And it's personalized, even though you. You have the compassion for us. Like I say, love with limits because you were like, I love you, but you go do it. You know, so it was the accountability piece and not really allowing us to lean into it like excuses. Like, mm-hmm. OK, I know you saying this, but so when can you do it? I mean, you <laughs> it was, you know, we couldn't give you like a sob story or whatever. I mean, you would say, oh, I'm, you know, sorry. But so when can you do it? <laughs> you. And I love that because that's for me, that's that's what I need. I need somebody to kind of help me along. So that's one of the things that I enjoyed about it. So it exceeded my expectations. Mm -hmm. It it really did. And I had been working with you, so I knew it was going to be outstanding, but I didn't know exactly what to expect. Mm -hmm. So um, going through it, gosh, the information was so rich. It was so much. You gave us the science behind why it's not just eating healthy, but why in the background, a lot of science is to help to have that part of it, to create the the full understanding mm. of it um, was very helpful for me. Yeah. Uh, so that was good. I love the camaraderie of the class and allowing us to work together. And then those grip sessions where you allowed us to meet even outside of our normal class time to just encourage each other. Yeah, which was really like, but it exceeded my expectations because I didn't know, like, I didn't know you was going to push us to do videos and like <laughs> that in the in the class because we were all like, wait, I know I'm like, I don't really like posting, but that was definitely a process. But it, I'm glad you did. And I'm glad I was obedient and, and just even though it was a, I was afraid, I did it afraid. Yes. I mean, you were a stellar student jail like you did stuff before you had confirmation from others in the community on how to do it like in a lot of cases you were turning up stuff first and just like well, I'm, I'm gonna give it a go right and I really just want to thank you for being so coachable in that way because my mission is not solely to 
certify people in plant-based nutrition. Like if we're not going to be public figures, what's the point? Mm -hmm. Because we're taking Mm -hmm. and what's still considered, unfortunately, an alternative approach to healing people. Mm -hmm. And I'm not excited going to bed at night if I got a whole bunch of people that were certified by me, if they're not serving. Like there's there's no point of certification without service. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't in good conscience you know, create a program or a certification that got people the paper and got people the credential. And I did not have evidence of the impact, you know? And so I just in complete transparency, definitely had a moment where I had to work on my identity. Once I saw how much, you know, some of our students were struggling with becoming public figures, doing the work to create a vehicle of authority and showing up and publicly sharing their perspective. But I had several dialogues with myself, Lisa, you have to enforce this Mm -hmm. because if you allow them to just go through and get the knowledge and just they're able to claim they're certified, but we need to heal people, especially we service a marginalized community, the majority of our students. And so I get that you're uncomfortable. I get that there's some imposter syndrome here. I get that there is, you know, just some fear, but we got to work through that here before you leave, because I need to know that you are going to be in service. I am not proud of creating a certification that only dishes out paper and doesn't dish out transformations. Absolutely. So thank you for being coachable. Mm -hmm. And then even when I had on my tough coach hat, I I know it was tough. (laughs) (laughs) You worked us, you know, definitely rewarding work, but we definitely worked. Yeah, I want you to know, (laughs) I definitely was struggling privately too, because when somebody is displaying that level of vulnerability and they're like, it hurts to do this, Mm -hmm. you want to give them relief, you know? And so it's going against just human nature to tell somebody you got to keep doing it as you're hurting until we do the personal development work to make you feel more comfortable. Yeah. That's what was needed, though, because, you know, like we talked about in one of your classes, like sometimes things will hurt. But just like we get a tooth pulled, you get it it hurts, but then it heals. And that was the good hurt. (laughs) This was good hurt. (laughs) Give me some language. Give me some language for it, Jill. (laughs) This was some good hurt. (laughs) Y'all better come get this good hurt. (laughs) Yeah, it was good pain, I should say. Yeah, Yeah, it was. So final question then, what advice would you give someone thinking about enrolling in the plant protocol, especially if they're in a similar situation like you were, where you have an established career, but you know that it will be impactful for your patients or your clients to integrate, you know, plant-based nutrition and lifestyle science into your treatment with them? What advice would you give someone who's thinking about taking that step? Yeah, I would say do it. Take the step, enroll you know, do the suitability call with you. And I would say, do it and not dwell on it. Mm-hmm. You know, just do it, take action and get the necessary information so you can make an informed choice. But then also knowing that what this could do for the mental health community and um, field, it just blows my mind how we can improve this. Yeah, It can just add so much and help so many people And it's part of the work that we do helping people. And this is an area that's um, lacking. And so I would say do it. Um, I would say do it. And it's a great program. It's rewarding. It's definitely, it's worth it. It's life-changing. And I would say do it. 
Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jill. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Not, not for yourself, but also for other people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. This has been so pleasant, Jill. Thank you. Yes, thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And oh, wait, before you go, give me a quick update because you had sent me an email telling me about, Lisa, I just want you to know I have this many clients who are really working on their plan. So how's that going? Now, I know in the beginning you were like, people don't want to do this. Nobody wants to do this mm-hmm. now. And yeah. now that you fully accepted that I do this, are you now attracting people who are down for it? What's that like? I am. It's been amazing because I have six new clients what? that are on this journey. And I have some existing clients that they've started that process. What? So, um, I'm like, yeah, it's working. It's working when people reach out and are ready to do it. So I'm excited. So I am seeing the increase. I have six new clients and some existing clients that are getting on board too. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Plant-based approach to mental health. I, yes. I, I'm standing up and clapping right now for everybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> This is so beautiful. Thank you for the work that you're doing, especially in a sector where it's not as common yet as it is in, you know, physical health. And Mm -hmm. so I appreciate you being bold enough, just like you were inside the plant protocol, just willing to be first, Mm -hmm. willing to go forward despite the fear. And, you know, I would just want to personally and publicly thank you for that, because I know you also service a marginalized community and we need it now more than ever. So really appreciate it. Yeah, it's my pleasure and my honor to help. Well, it was a pleasure talking with you today, Jill. Thank you for joining yes, me. You too. Thank you for having me, Lisa. You tuned in today because like me, you're a disruptor. You're passionate about health and you have firsthand experience of taking a whole food plant-based approach to combating chronic health challenges. You want to see lifestyle and dietary modifications become the norm in the way in which we practice healthcare. However, you need mastery around nutrition and lifestyle science, a better understanding of behavior change to improve client compliance, and confidence in your ability to effectively coach clients to adopting those lifestyle modifications. You need the plant protocol. Visit theplantprotocol.com to apply and let's work together to improve the way in which we care for our most prized possession, our health. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please consider rating and reviewing this podcast. Until next time, remember, radical obedience is still undefeated. Stay obedient.